Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Well done. <sighs> Love the new music, this new vibe a little better. Northridge, we're coming at you. That was, was that what we were going to say? I'm excited about this. That felt legit. I feel very, we're I moving feel very up professional. In, we're moving up in the world. We've got music. We've got a name. Who knows what's coming next? Yeah, that's right. And the guy that read that thing in the beginning, the articulation, the diction, the phrasing, I mean, like that whole, it was just crafted. How many takes did it take? Well, I wouldn't know because um, I was it wasn't me, you oh, know. But oh, yeah, I mean, I bet that person they sounded incredibly talented, like as a voice actor. So I would say there's probably a one hit wonder. Yeah, I think we paid him five dollars off of Fiverr. <laughs> Actually, it was me, and it took I think legitimately thirty takes. <laughs> hey, it, Connor just kept saying like no, no, so that we can be. I kept saying be wrong. He's like no, I don't. Yeah, it was bad. The people sitting outside this room, there's a few people pronouncing B can be a hard thing. It's a big word. You're such a jerk. <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> you are lying. Okay. So I'm not going to gossip about you or be critical of you. Instead, I'm going to ask you an opening question that actually Lauren thought of. So shout out Lauren Hickson. Love you, babe. That's Here's his wife, just so everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. I was hoping the last name was a giveaway. Uh, here's the question. What would you be slash do vocationally if you were not a pastor? Drew Karshner. That's actually an easy question to answer. Drew William Karshner. I have two answers Drew to this Thomas. question. Thomas is, yes, Drew Thomas. William is my grandpa's name and Barry's middle name, so don't ever do that again. And Malachi's. Yeah, Malachi's too, yes. Nailed it. Uh, two answers to that question. I think they're tied. So I would either become a house flipper with my wife, so her design plus my lack of ability with construction, I think she overcompensates for, so mm. I think... It's something that we've done a little bit on, on the side. Uh, so I think that I, I really like construction. I don't know how much I would like it if it was my full-time job. Sure. Um, but that would be one option or two. You guys uh, make every space you're in better. I will say that. There's no doubt about that. Better or a little better? <laughs> a lot better. Oh, okay, sweet. Awesome. That's just not as good of a type. That's mostly my wife. Um, but we, we work hard on our house. We love making our house a little better each day. So, um, so it'd be that, or secondly, I think I would be a Chick-fil-A operator. Mm. Um, my brother-in-law is a Chick-fil-A operator. Shout okay. out to Ben Salem, Chick-fil-A. That's it near Philadelphia. Um, I love the company Chick-fil-A and I love what they stand for. I love their leadership. I just, it's a great company and he says nothing but good things about them. And so I think I would pursue that. And when you say operator, that's their term for a store owner, runner person. Yeah, like fr franchisee. They do okay. their models a little bit different, but like yes, they own the store, they run the store. Sure. So. And operator is the, that's the language because you do have to operate it. You can't just own like a thousand Chick Fil A's, right? Well, you can have multi multi stores, but it's very rare. Okay. Usually, one person has one store. That's a cool model. Yeah. Awesome. Chick Fil A or construction. So you said all these things about how you like their company values. I think what you meant was you like their chicken. <laughs> I mean, forgot to mention that part. <laughs> it definitely helps that their chicken is fantastic. It Spicy is. chicken sandwich. Oh, let's have a moment of silence. Was that hard for you? It was very hard okay. for me. 
It's very, very hard for me. I actually, uh, the setup process on the Henrietta campus, I try each week. I, I try to like bring some fun, you know, it's early in the morning, but the, this I've been realizing and Matt, others have been challenging me. Like, look, the guys on this team aren't necessarily extroverts. Like they don't need you just being obnoxious <laughs> at six in the morning, but I made it 22 minutes last week without starting small talk. And then I almost had a conniption and I just had to say, I was like, guys, I've this, I can't go anymore. <laughs> and so now they're going to, there's like going to be a countdown every week. Yeah. And Lauren's probably like, I paid for those 22 minutes of silence <laughs> later on. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So let's jump into some questions related to Sunday. You talked about gossip and man, goodness gracious. I felt like there was a lot to learn there, but it raised a number of questions that maybe we, we weren't able to address. So one of the questions I had um, was like, why, why do we seem to like gossip so much? You talked about that a little bit and you mentioned the, the verse in Proverbs that says it's like choice morsels, but what's our deal? Cause I'm about it. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think we are all about it if we're honest and you know, what sells just as good as sex drama. Mm. In our culture today, it's why we watch the Netflix shows we do is because they're full of drama and drama. we are drawn to drama. You know, everybody says they're so dramatic, but honestly, I secretly love it. You know, <laughs> sure. and that's our culture today is, you know, even that story I told about Dak Prescott, I, I think the reason why everybody's like, oh, what did he say is because it's dramatic. It, there, we have a flair for drama and you know what brings drama better than anything? Gossip. Mm. gossip brings drama and it just entices us. It draws us in. It's like that verse. It's the choice morsels, man. And man, who doesn't like the choice, choice morsels. And so gossip has this beautiful way of just drawing us in, get us, getting us on the edge of our seat. And I'm so guilty of this. You know, I, I'm sure you can relate to this, Aaron. I'm sure our audience can listen to this is, you know, when my wife is telling me some gossip or I'm sharing some gossip, I'm like, I can't wait to tell them the end or mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm like, Oh, where, where did it go? What happened? Who was the jerk? You know, all yeah. these things. It just draws us in and drama sells. Okay. So it's drama. You're saying we are dramatic people. We love a little bit of drama and that's what makes gossip. So appealing to us. It's like a, like a Chick-fil-A nugget, you know, a choice more with honey mustard sauce. Oh, I'll do Chick-fil-A sauce too. Okay. Either yeah, or. I'm I'll in. do both at the same time. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's drama I, I'm right gonna there, be, folks. I'm going to be talking to Lauren about that later. <laughs> you will not believe what Drew said on the <laughs> podcast about, what's the other one you like? Honey, Honey mustard? Isn't that like what Chick-fil-A sauce is with some mayonnaise thrown in or something? No, it's not even close, bro. <laughs> just stop talking. <laughs> just Okay. Whatever. Well, even a fool is not wise when he keeps silent. So I'm going to keep right. silent. Or actually, I wish I had. <laughs> okay, hold on. Actually, this is not related. It is. I just, on Sunday, you read the verse that said, um, so, you know, a, a gossip, something, something. So stay away from a person who talks too much. <laughs> Bro, I actually sat and thought, that is a Bible verse that explains, that is telling people to not be friends with me. <laughs> I, I didn't think that did i you definitely <laughs> thought that when you were when you were reading those verses you were thinking how does aaron have any christian friends once they read this verse they're like i'm out i can't i'm done with there <laughs> how does aaron have any friends uh it's that's okay. what you that's we what you, you say aaron. about me that's what you, you say about me no, when I'm not no, here. No. okay um what uh, another question that is brought up is when we think about week one, that was all about criticism in this series. This is all about gossip. What's the difference between criticism and gossip? They feel at least like cousins, you know, what, what's the difference? So when I think about the topics that we, we've talked about, you've got, you know, lying, you've got 
criticism. And I actually think that lying and criticism, if they got together and had a baby, they would call it gossip. <laughs> That's pretty good, isn't I it? I can't wait for your explanation <laughs> because that was quite the statement. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of times when we gossip, we lie. And mm. a lot of times when we gossip, we criticize. And so you get mm. those two things together and it just creates gossip. Um, they're very similar. I think all of these things are tied together. Uh, you know, a lot of times, even when we criticize about someone, we'll exaggerate our criticism to make them look even worse. You know mm. what they call that? A lie. <laughs> and then, you know, when we, when we gossip, we lie. And then when we, you know, when we lie, we criticize. And these things like kind of work in this cycle where you, you got to get out of all of them and to, to really help your mouth. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about it now. If criticism, if, if someone's in the room, you can't be gossiping about them. You can be criticizing, you can be lying, but you can't be gossiping. So I guess that's another difference, I guess, yeah. between criticism and gossip is... If, if somebody leaves the room, your criticism might become gossip <laughs> all of a sudden. Yeah. Your criticism trans, it just switches over to being, to being gossip. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and also what I was going to say was um, also baby, we're having babies on this podcast right now or something stupid. And that wasn't, A, wasn't going to be funny and B, it's probably not appropriate or something. So it isn't what you wanted to be other than a pastor, a comedian. <laughs> Dude, we, I said I wasn't going to say my profession. I know it's a perfect I, time. I caught to it. Like, that's what a comedian does is think of funny things and cut out all the stuff that's not funny. And then actually not say the during funny his stuff. show. <laughs> He's not like, Oh, this Hey guys, is, I had a joke, but I realized it wasn't funny. So I'm not going to share it. This is a recorded environment where I know that I can stop if what I'm going to say isn't funny. Can we start? Which means therefore you probably shouldn't be a com comedian. That's not me being critical. Just being truthful. Actually. Can we restart? Oh. I have another question to ask. All right, what is it? So here, I guess the next question would be, if that's the difference between criticism and gossip, when are we allowed to talk about anyone? If I'm, it, most of the advice that we could get is be quick to listen, slow to speak, shut your mouth. You know, Proverbs is talking about all that. It kind of feels a little bit like, if I can't exaggerate, I can't talk about somebody when they're in the room, because that's criticism. I can't talk about them when they're not in the room, that's gossip when am I allowed to discuss another human in with words that aren't like, you're awesome? Yeah, I, I believe, one, you can talk to someone in a critical way that is constructive. So by no means am I saying don't, you know, when, when there are some things that you need to have a conversation with someone, go to that person and say them in love, but be truthful. Um, so one, yes, it's, there is a form of criticism that is healthy that actually builds people up, even though it's very hard to hear. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to gossip, I'm not sure there is ever really a good time to talk about people when they're not present. Now, maybe, maybe one of the questions comes up like, well, what if I'm talking about the president of the United States, or what if I'm talking about a Just somebody sports I'll, figure? Yeah, I'll or, never be in the same room as them. I'll ever. never meet them. And one, again, I I don't know if it's ever a good idea to talk critically, uh, to talk critically about someone when they're not there. Um, that's a tough question. Is like, man, how 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 do you do those? How do you have those conversations when you disagree with someone you'll never meet with someone else? 
Um, I think if you do have those conversations, you have to be very careful with what you say. And you maybe even preface the conversation with like, listen, hey, if this person, if I had the ability to talk to this person, I would. But here's some things I struggle with this person, or here's where I disagree with this person. But it's, it's not an attack. It's you having a conversation with someone of just genuinely saying, in the nicest possible way, here's some things that I disagree with or I struggle with. Um, but I, I would always err on the side of like, dude, if you can have a, a conversation with someone there, that's always the best way. I mean, that's what Matthew 18 says. It says, just between the two of you, go to that person first. That's sounds like really good advice. I'm going to try to lean in and be skeptical about it though. How do I how do I talk about anything that ever happens in my life then? How could I even tell a story about something funny that happened at work to Lauren if I can't bring up anything unless that person's in the room? Like, even if it's not necessarily super negative, it's just a thing that happened today. It was part of my life. I'm processing it with my wife, blah, blah, blah. I'm not intending to malign someone's character. I'm just saying, okay, she's, how was your day? Oh, it was pretty good. I had this meeting today. You know, I wasn't really sure we were talking about this decision. I wasn't really sure about it, but here's kind of where I landed. And they said this, and I'm just reporting what happened. And maybe what if Lauren's view is diminishing of that person? Cause she's like, they didn't agree with you or something. You know, that feels like I can't, can I not even process as a verbal processor? If I, <laughs> I would have a lot fewer words, you know what I mean? And maybe that's what exactly what I need. I mean, the Bible does say close your mouth and you'll stay out of trouble. I'm just saying. That would be helpful. Yeah, so how do I do anything mm -hmm. if my restriction is that person has to be physically present before I even get their name out of my mouth? I think motive plays a huge role when it comes to gossip. I guess that's not a surprise. <laughs> you know, obviously motive plays a role in, in everything we do. Um, you know, like lying That's why I told my wife I eat a salad. Cause my motive is to not have to deal with the conflict to <laughs> right. avoid, to lie. And so I think it's true about gossip as well is I think you can tell a story about somebody who's not present when you're, you go home, Hey babe, this happened at work. It was hilarious. Your motive is not to talk about somebody in a, de in a defaming or degrading way. It's just to tell the events of the day. That is not gossip in my opinion at all. And so I think, you know, I come home all the time and tell my wife what, what can happen in a day and sure. as short, as many, as, as less, as many words as I can possibly use. Now I know on your, your, you probably come home like she has to like budget a few hours every <laughs> evening, <laughs> but I, I think we have to judge our motive. You know, I think gossip has a motive of, I, I don't like this person. I want to express frustration about this person. The motive behind your words is really important because guess what it does? It reveals your heart. Mm. Again, remember we talked about, this is not a mouth problem. This is ultimately a heart problem. Sure. And your motives come from your heart, not your mouth. And so I think we have to look at our motives. When we talk about anyone or anything, really, we have to question our heart and our motives. And that really determines what it is. It kind of goes back to this. Remember that statement I said, you know, everything that's said must be true, but not everything that is that is true should be said. Right. So if you, you take this it, by the back, way. Good job. I know I crushed that, right? <laughs> I love if the I, fingers. Yes, exactly. You're having to like, that's exactly what I would have been doing. So I, I think if you take that statement and you move it into last week, like lying, right? Then you could easily justify what I said to my wife to be true. But again, go back to my motive. My motive is to ultimately not to tell deceive, the truth, to yeah. deceive, which is a lie. That's what makes it a lie. But if I take that statement, I'm like, oh, I didn't have to say everything that was true. I'm, I'm just using it to justify 
and inappropriate behavior. But if you move it into this week with gossip, it's like, hey, sometimes things are are accurate and true and they don't need to be said. Yeah, and go back to your debriefing with Ashley. You want to tell her, in that case, you need to say everything that's true because she does need to want to know everything you ate for lunch. But then if there's a meeting where something got a little tense or where somebody said something that you know she doesn't need to know, you don't have to tell her every event of your day. Yeah. Because that's a good example of like, yeah, the, the, the flip side of that is she does need to know everything you ate because you need that accountability. She doesn't need to know every, you know, tense moment at work or even just some whatever and any moment she doesn't need to know everything you you have a you have a, a duty to protect her in some ways and to make right. sure you're not defaming others and it, i think this is why this is important is sometimes even in your normal conversation even without impure motives you can jade somebody towards somebody that you're not jaded to yes and what i mean by that is i can let's say i come home to my wife all the time and i just tell her about my day and maybe things that i'm frustrated with but it's not out of a i want to defame anybody but i can actually create in her this is why you gotta be careful who when you talk about someone that's not present is i can actually create in her a jaded heart towards somebody that i'm not even actually jaded towards yeah it's a, it's a level of frustration that you're poisoning the well. Lauren and I actually had to talk about that. It makes it sound like there's all this negative stuff at our jobs, but I think this is true of everybody. It is. Just normal, even like, I don't like the way their office smells or something. It can be anything dumb. Um, but we've talked about like, I, I need to not poison her well. There are things that she, I don't have my water, my well, quote unquote, for that person isn't poison because I know them well enough. I get to interact with them. Yep. I see all the positives, whatever. But if I drop two drops of poison in her well, there's nothing that can extract those back out. So good. And so I have to be, and I've, I hopefully am learning to be able to say, I can, I can retell a meeting, but she doesn't need to know you know, everything that was said. Or even sometimes I'll have interactions with the lob in the lobby on a Sunday morning where people are, you know, they've said some hurtful things or whatever. And she doesn't need to know about all those. I I should find a way to process them in a healthy way, but she doesn't necessarily need to be the person. And if, or when I do share this, it should be in a context where I'm saying, Hey, I'm seeking forgiveness for this Hmm. because of my bitterness or whatever. You know, I I could find another way to process that doesn't harm anybody. So motive would be number one. and, And two, I think context. Okay, what is the context of uh, like who Lauren knows? Like how well do they know them? Is there trust already that's there mm. in their relationship where she knows, hey, I know Aaron trusts this person. You know, all that plays a role in how we communicate about certain people or certain things and whether they're there or not. And we just have to keep those in the back of our head when we choose to speak out of our mouths. So I want to circle back to what you said before where um, I was asking, can we even can we talk about anybody ever? And you mentioned like, well, yeah, we're never going to be in the same room as the president or a sports figure or whatever. Let's circle back to that. Cause I think that's a big part of gossip. It feels as if there's every news outlet and actually every sports thing, ESPN, everything is actually just one massive running gossip, (laughs) just spewing out of our media. ESPN. I like reading about sports, but Honestly, how often am I reading an article that's actually like breaking down the, you know, offensive efficiency of yeah. this team? It's actually just like, well, the fight that's happening between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Tom Kraft, like, I mean, Robert Kraft, whatever his name is. Um, everybody's named Tom in New England. <laughs> <laughs> What's sad is you're a New England Patriots fan. <laughs> uh, whatever, that guy, he's probably going to be in prison. But, um, you know, Tony Prescott. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, he's no. not from New England. Um, so anyway, uh, it's just never-ending gossip. All of this stuff is just gossip, gossip, gossip. In fact, the fact that I knew about the whole Robert Kraft thing is part of the gossip wheel, you <laughs> That's know? That's so true. So um, how do we handle that? How can we engage in dialogue? Because I don't think it's unreasonable for us to talk about who's in political power or what's going on in the lives of public figures. But how can we do that without gossiping? I think we have to understand the difference between like character defamation and disagreement. Okay. Okay. So, you know, let's just, let's call out the elephant in the room. Donald Trump is a huge part of this, this conversation because he's our president. Our president is always a huge part of the political climate and the climate of our world. And so there's always times where even we get ready to vote, where people are going to be talking about, the president candidates. As they should. Public discourse is vital. And so we have to understand the difference between I'm just going to attack this person and degrade their character uh, and not have a chance to be with them. That's gossip. Even if you you never get to be with them, like it's not okay to just degrade somebody's character. Now, it is okay to have disagreements with, you know, the choices that they have made, the evidence that we see, the policies that they bring up, that's totally fine to talk about. Um, But we just have to be careful. Again, motive plays a huge role. And I think the problem with our culture today in Christianity in our world is we have just become so numb to gossip. We Mm -hmm. talk about everybody all the time. I mean, again, it's why I don't watch ESPN anymore because it's no longer a sports show. It's talk radio. It's gossip central. It's Mm -hmm. like, I want to know about the game and what happened in the game. It's like 45 minutes of highlights of the game. And then it's like, let's talk about LeBron James and what he's doing here and how he should have done this or whoever. Right. It's like gossip is it's more about become... their Twitter than it is about their, exactly. It's about their, Ooh, it's about Since their Twitter handle, twi- Twitter, not their ball been, handling. Uh, the Twitter feed have anything to do with the fundamentals of basketball. Yo, dude, I, I just dropped a gem and you talked over it. You, you got to hear okay. this, bro. It's more about their Twitter handle than their ball handling. Oh, okay. When does the gem come? Oh, that was it. That was the gem. (laughs) Yeah, that was. I got that. Yeah. Anyway, I wasn't being critical of your gem. (laughs) Chapstick time. It it needed. It needed some criticism. Uh, Okay. So yeah, back to the conversation. After you rudely knocked me off course, (laughs) is we just again we we have to get back to one. We're numb to it. That's what you were saying. Yeah, we have to get back to seeing and hearing gossip for what it is. But really, we have to get back to Ephesians chapter four, what Paul says in verse twenty nine, like. Think about this for a second. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Wow. Yikes. But only. only. <laughs> but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, to those who are going to listen. Mm-hmm. So let's try to get after that. You know, let's go after that. I mean, it's, it's kind of the end of the series. It's been really convicting for me, really hard to hear because I recognize how bad I am at this. Mm -hmm. So let's put Ephesians 4 in our heart because if it's in our heart, it will reflect out of our mouths. And so that's my challenge for me and everybody else. So great, Drew. Thanks for putting a wrap on that. Great series. Uh, what's coming next? What, what, what are we should be looking forward to at Northridge? Yeah, we start a series called God Is. And actually, me and you, Aaron and Connor, our team are going to Israel. And we're going to be shooting after Aaron preaches this next Sunday. Um, we're going to be shooting some podcast material in the Holy Land. So Ooh, it's going to be yeah. awesome. Look forward to that. Hopefully, we'll get some more people on it. We're going to be talking about the trip. Got all kinds of behind the scenes. It's going to be awesome. Hopefully, we get a little better. Well played. See you guys.